everyone, welcome to another episode of the Music is Life podcast. My name is Eileen McLean and on today's episode I am joined by Lily. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, I'm just so excited to hear about your music, you know, your gigs that you've done and what's your plans in your music for the future and just all things music. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm kind of looking forward to discussing it because it's been so long, hasn't it? Kind of so long without music that oh, it's good it to be talking about it. Oh, I know. Like live music is just sorely missed. And I think as well, because like we've never had this before with no gigs at all or anything it's it's just such a strange feeling isn't it yeah definitely definitely (laughs) well to go back to the start let's talk about what music you listened to as a teenager well when I was a teenager I definitely had kind of the stereotypical emo phase um great I went through like My Chemical Romance um Fallout Boy uh Paramore kind of ones like that you know it is a bit of a a bit of a cliche (laughs) that was definitely kind of what I listened to the most in high school could you name like your favorite Mike and Cromance song if you could I find it quite hard because I was like you like I was a total emo back in the day and I think I could find that quite hard to name a favorite MCR song yeah it is it's really hard because anytime I listen to them I'm like oh it's definitely this one I would maybe say um famous last words Oh my gosh, that's like one of my favourites. No way. Uh-huh. I feel like if I was allowed to get a tattoo when I was 15 years old, I probably would have got lyrics from that song <laughs> on my body somewhere. So it's probably for the best that there's an age restriction on tattoos because I would have been covered. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh no, like I think that is like definitely one of their best songs I think and just that video as well I always remember yeah. it, the fire and the fury and the rawness in it <laughs> I know I loved it and I do like kind of I, I mean to this day I, it is a bit less acceptable I suppose less kind of socially acceptable to be into them but I would still consider them one of my favorite bands and I love the sort of theatricality that they had in their music videos and um, a lot of theatricality that they would have in their in their albums as well I really kind of I really enjoyed that. I think that's what I liked a lot. And I liked the messages in their songs as well. It was quite hopeful, I would say. Yeah, oh, I totally agree with you as well. And I think what you said, yeah, they are very theatrical and they have a story. Because I always thought that, like, with the Black Parade album, you know, it was a story. It had a start, a middle and an end and things. And it made sense of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I no, I definitely agree. And I just, I found that, I, I really liked it kind of as a teenager and still now, just... um kind of hearing the story and the music I yeah. find that quite kind of inspiring for myself as well I listened to Helena like was it a couple of weeks ago and I was like oh my goodness I'm loving like my 14 year old self again <laughs> I know you never really grow out of it I don't think like you know when you're 14 and everyone's like oh she's going through a phase and you're so strongly it's not a phase it's not a phase um it kind of isn't I'm still in that I'm still there <laughs> I know, I'm the same. I maybe don't listen to much like Fallout Boy anymore, but definitely like MCR. I think they'll be a band that I will forever listen to when I'm old. <laughs> definitely. Me too. Is there any like maybe guilty pleasures that you had as a teenager? Any like kind of pop music or anything? Oh, absolutely. Um well, I try not to call it a guilty pleasure because 
where I am now, I always try to be like, I like what I like, and I'm not, I'm not going to be guilty about it. But I really loved pop music as well at that time. But it, it felt like uncool to be into pop music. So, did you ever listen to the Punk Goes Pop albums? Oh, I think so. They sound familiar. Yeah. So that was where like sort of heavier bands like Pierce the Veil. Um, um, Sleeping with Sirens, all of those ones, they would do covers, like rock covers of pop songs. Oh. And that was kind of, that was how I still felt cool, but still listened <laughs> to all of those pop songs that I still liked so much. <laughs> what uh, songs did they cover? Can you remember on the album? Oh, all sorts. Um, there was, so, I think it was Parkway Drive, who is a band that I've never really listened to, but they did a cover of Love the Way You Lie by Eminem and Rihanna. Oh, cool. Um, I'm sure there was, I'm sure someone did Toxic by Britney Spears. Sleeping with Sirens did Forget You by CeeLo Green. Um, I think Pierce the Veil maybe did um, somebody that I used to know. Just like catchy pop songs, I don't know. Um, there's so many, there's like so many punk goes pop albums. Um, and I, I think, I think it's fun. It's obviously like a fun sort of challenge I suppose to to take a song that's a very specific genre and then change it into another one yeah so quite a lot like that I really liked that sometimes as well like the covers can actually sound a lot better than the originals yeah exactly because it is so different mm-hmm. um it's just a completely different sort of musical experience but I've kind of, I think I've definitely grown past that stage of being embarrassed of liking pop music, you know, that way where you kind of go through a stage and you're like, oh, only the music I listen to is real music, that yeah. pop, not real music. I, I definitely don't really believe in that anymore and I would listen to pop music as much as I would listen to anything else. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Do you remember as well back then you used to get like the Pop Princess albums and like, or was it now that's why I call music like yeah. 44 or something? <laughs> I definitely had the um like pop divas ones like that, yeah. great pink albums, and it was all Britney and Beyonce. It was. They were good times. Like I feel like maybe like when we were teenagers that that was like such an iconic moment was to have those albums because you kind of felt a bit grown up because you had these like certain albums. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so see, you know what it's like being a teenager. Like you have your ups and downs, and it is quite you know like a trying time. Was mm-hmm. there certain music that you listened to to get you through like the tough times? Yeah, I I would always listen to, like as I said before, my chemical romance. I felt like they had a very strong message in their music of like, keep going. You know, you're not alone. Um, Twenty One Pilots was another band that I listened to a lot, and specifically because of the sort of message behind their music of like, it's okay to feel sad or it's okay to feel down you're not alone there's always going to be people out there that are like there for you so that was kind of a lot of music like that was what I listened to definitely oh cool so what um do you have like a certain band that you were mostly influenced by that maybe you still are influenced by like in your music now that you had as a teenager um yeah I listened to a lot of I, I like a lot of like female artists they I would say that I was mostly influenced by like because in in the sort of music that I listen to in that sort of scene there's a lot of it's quite male dominated to be mm-hmm. fair like when I think about it I mean a lot of my Spotify playlists I, I know it in myself 
it's quite male dominated. So I would say people like like I really love Blondie, Debbie Harry. I absolutely love oh, yeah. I love her. I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say like kind of strong sort of women in that sort of scene. And Paramore, for example, Hayley Williams, I think she's incredible as well. Oh yeah, she is. She's an icon. <laughs> I think as well, like with rock. I think maybe like with classic rock as well. I know it is like a quite a male dominated scene, as you said. But there, there has been like quite a lot of strong women, like as you said, Debbie Harry, um, Hayley Williams. You know, there's Amy Lee from like Evanescence. Like yeah. there's so many as well. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what I like. I try to kind of take the message of like, you know, it's not just a boys' club. It's not just kind of for like that this sort of scene it's not just for kind of men or male bands you know it's for Mm. everyone it's for anyone any gender any kind of person can can do it yeah and just to kind of go like from your musical roots how old were you when you first started playing instruments or singing um I would say I was 15 when I started kind of playing properly um but I'd been like singing a lot kind of like as a child you know that way like karaoke and stuff like that yeah um so I would say like properly like um playing guitar and singing I was about 15 I suppose when I started oh cool so quite young then yeah yeah I would say so um and I was so shy at 15 like I was really like I was such I, I was quite a shy a shy child as well but um as as a teenager in high school, like I would never have gained the confidence that I would say I have now if I hadn't started doing music. Yeah. Oh, do you not think that's like so important about music? Like it's just amazing how much like your confidence it brings out in you and your imagination as well to like write your songs and things like that. Yeah, definitely it is. Um it's definitely changed me so much, I would say. Um gigging, even just playing in my room, like it's it's totally changed kind of my, my self-esteem and kind of the way that I am mm-hmm. it's definitely kind of changed by doing music and say as well when you were playing guitar because I know from like my own experiences like I have a kind of love-hate relationship with the guitar <laughs> because there's times when I've like stuck at it and then I gave it off and then I got back into it and then I was like no nah, I'm gonna do it were you ever the same because it is quite a hard instrument to yeah. like, master you know, I didn't know that that was, like, a common experience, but every time I'm always like, oh, I should just give up, I should just stop playing, because it is, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, like, or I'll think that I'm good at it, and then I'll see someone else that's, like, clearly, like, amazing at it, and I'm just like, oh, what's even the point? Oh, so it can be quite hard. I think that's the thing as well, because... Because you know how, like, you know, like people say you should never compare yourself to, like, anyone else, especially in your music playing. Because that is true, because every individual, like, every musician is completely different. Like, we all have different styles and and things like that. But I think as long as like, you have the passion and you enjoy it, that's, like, the main thing. Yeah, that's, I would say, been kind of my biggest journey mm-hmm. in terms of music is kind of coming to terms with just doing whatever I want to do. Just playing what I want to play in the way I want to play and not thinking oh I should be doing this I should be learning this or I should be doing this style Mm -hmm. coming to terms with like just 
doing what I want to do. That's kind of been the biggest journey. Over yeah, because yeah, as well, like your playing like will be like so unique to others as well because it is like everybody has like their varied styles and you are all bringing like new styles to music as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so personal. I would say. Mm. Do you play any other instruments? Um, not really. Not the way that I play guitar. Mm. I play um ukulele because. It's one of those, like, it's it's not too difficult once you know how to play guitar because it's still kind of a stringed instrument. And I, I can kind of play bass as well, but I wouldn't say I'm, like, particularly good at it. But just the stringed instruments are... They're still... They're kind of similar enough to one another. Yeah. It's too difficult. Oh, the bass guitar looks cool. Like, I tried to play it, and I think I gave up, like, after two days. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard because it's so much bigger than the guitar, and... I mean, I only have quite little hands, <laughs> and it, it feels, like, so big playing mm. it, but um, just kind of a, a bit of practice. It is it is quite good fun. Yeah. Like, see, I was actually going to ask you, Zilli, about the ukulele. Like, is it quite a hard instrument to play, or is it, like, fairly easier than the guitar, or is it harder? Well, it's hard to kind of explain because I think that, more people start with a ukulele than they start with a guitar because it's smaller and there's less strings so I suppose in that sense you could say it's easier because it's it's there's less strings but when you're used to playing a guitar and then you go onto a ukulele which is so much smaller and then you need to kind of wrap your head around a different tuning and it's the same chords but they're played differently oh, it's a bit like it's it's a bit harder to kind of go from one to the other yeah I suppose as well it's all about practice and just enjoyment as well isn't it and then you'll finally get it (laughs) and I think it's kind of like learning a language as well they always say that once you've learned one other language the rest of them kind of come easier to you because you've already got that sort of connection in your brain and I I think it's very similar with instruments that kind of if you know how to play one instrument you have that musicality in you you have at least a sense of rhythm and a sense of timing and that's kind of half the battle so it probably does come easier to learn other instruments once you've already got one. Joe, you know, that is amazing you said that because I've actually never heard that like learning instruments is like like being compared to learning languages that's that's so cool you said that because I've never actually looked at it that way before. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's really much kind of science behind it but I, <laughs> I have a feeling that it kind of uses the same parts of your brain learning an instrument and learning a language I feel like I've read that somewhere before but I don't know I might just be making that up because (laughs) but it feels like it makes sense doesn't it yeah it definitely does and see as well just like with the guitar like did you have lessons or did you were you self-taught um it was it was kind of a mixture of both when I first started learning I went on YouTube and like watch tutorials or I'll, I'll listen to other people's covers and try to work it out myself and then because I had that interest I started going to lessons for a little bit and that was where I learned a little bit more about like music theory and like mm-hmm. music Um, so I went to lessons for a brief time but I would say for the most part like YouTube tutorials was my biggest sort of teacher yeah Oh, do you not think, thank goodness for YouTube, because there's just so much you can get on there for music. Like Honestly, it's been <laughs> such a game changer, I think. It's the same for most things, like you can learn anything off YouTube, I think, and 
it, it's you know it's free i think it's great it's a great way to learn an instrument oh no definitely because i think as well like if there's any song that you want to learn on any instrument if it's i don't know like i'm just making this up like the triangle or like the guitar like yeah. there's there will be a youtube video there to help <laughs> definitely there i used to i used to watch there's this guy he's called um marty marty schwartz i think he's his channels like marty's guitars or something he somehow had a guitar lesson for literally every song that i wanted to learn and it's like the basics as well like he shows you how to play the chords and everything i love i owe that man so much money I am so glad that you said that because I watch him as well. He is probably the only one that, like, just he makes it so easy, as you said, but it makes you yeah. feel like, no, I can do it. Yeah, I love that guy. I would love to shake that man's hand. <laughs> Me too. Like, he owes, like, so much to, like, all the budding guitar players out there. <laughs> he's, he just, like, seems like such a nice guy as well. Like, he's always just so happy in his videos. Yeah. Oh, good on Marty. Thank you, Marty, if he's ever listening to this. Thank you so much. Shout out to Marty. <laughs> Could you name, like, the first ever song that you played on the guitar that you learned? Um, That's going back quite a few years, isn't it? Um, I think that the main reason I wanted to learn guitar was because of my chemical romance, and I remember learning I Don't Love You from the Black Parade on guitar. Oh, lovely. Well, I think that that was... If it wasn't the first, it was definitely one of the first. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's a really lovely song as well. It is. And it's like, it wasn't too difficult. There was a lot of chords in it to remember. But I would say, like, if I was to be given advice to anyone learning guitar, it's always learn the chords first. Learn all the different kinds of chords before you try and put them into a song. Because, like, it's... There was quite a lot of like chords changes in it, and it took me so long to just memorize them all. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you know, I think as well, like the strumming can confuse you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's just like bit by bit, you know, you need to just take it step by step. Yeah, you do. Instead of like rushing in, because I used to do that, well, I kind of still do that, because I'm like, right, if I do it right now, I'll, it's fine. I've got it memorized, but it's yeah. like, no, you need to slow down. <laughs> And then you get frustrated because you're like, oh, why why can't I do this straight away? And you need to be like, well, why don't we just take a step back? Take exactly. it one step at a time. Exactly, which is, there's nothing wrong with that because it's, it's the better way of learning, isn't it? Because then it like stays in your brain as well. Yeah, definitely. So see now, what music do you listen to now? Is it still like the same or is there like different bands that you've listened to or, or that you've discovered recently? Um, for me, I tend to listen to like individual songs that I like rather than like particular bands. Like I went through those phases when I was a teenager where you would like a band and you'd learn everything about all the members and you would listen to every single song by them. But for now I'm kind of a bit more like if I hear a song, I'll like it, but I won't necessarily go and seek out the rest of the band's music. Mm-hmm. But I quite like... um. A lot of Scottish bands right now. Um, like, I really like The Snuts, who just released their first album recently. Oh, I need to write this down, because I'm always like, wanting to expand in my music genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's The Snuts, and then there's um, The La Fontaines. I really like they're another Scottish band. I like, I, I mean, I like kind of the Scottish music scene, and it, you know, it makes me feel like, 
kind of part of something myself because I'm a Scottish musician so to speak and like I feel like there is quite a good scene of music out there in this country for such a small country you know there's a lot of talent out there oh there is for sure and even like back in the day and um even like the different genres um like with the trad scene are you a traditional music fan for Scottish music I am actually Mm. like I wouldn't well I mean it's hard to say fan because I wouldn't like I've, I've, I wouldn't really go to like those gigs or anything but every time I, li- I love traditional music I really do um I, there's a band called Binky Blue and that's a brother and sister um and that's a, a guitar and a fiddle and they're amazing they are so good I saw them um, playing live one time and I was just like totally blown away isn't it amazing as well how like sometimes like the most simplistic music it just as you said just blows you away and it just mesmerizes you yeah I would say that like kind of Scottish folk music as well that's one of those ones that makes me feel dead patriotic you know like (laughs) yeah it's kind of proud of the country yeah because like as you said like Scotland does like I would say that we do have such like a diverse music scene as well and there are so many Scottish bands because um the likes like Jerry Sutherman, like he's doing so well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, he's just like one guy from Castle Milk. I think he's just like this one, one guy, and he's when and he's like a household name. You know, like he's he's very kind of like famous now, and he's just one guy from. He it could be anyone. It could just be like a guy that you you know on the street. It's kind of the same with Lewis Capaldi as well, and he's like a worldwide sort of sensation now Lewis is and he's just just a boy that kind of worked his way up he did all the small gigs kind of like the rest of us do mm-hmm. I think it's so inspiring as well because like you need that don't you like to have other musicians that have um, been the same and even um the likes of like TikTok now because do you rem- I can never remember this guy's name and I feel so bad um it's the one that did the sea shanty Oh yeah, I don't know his name either. I <laughs> do know who you mean. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry to the guy. Is it? I'm going to say is maybe Nathan or something. I can't I, remember. I was, yeah, I was thinking Nathan as well. I'm just um, Nathan Evans. His name is. I just oh, there we go. That's it. There we go. Like he's done so well. Like from a TikTok video to now, he's like he's got like a record deal in that, and he left his job as a postman and that. That's just amazing. Ooh. I know. I I do. I think it's like. It is the power of social media these days and, like, going viral, so to speak. It it can really, like, change your luck. It's, and I, I like that because I feel like a lot of sort of high-up music scenes, like American music or even, like, in the UK, a lot of it is less about what you know and more about who you know. Mm-hmm. And that can be quite disheartening if you're just kind of a small small artist, small musician, um, thinking that you're not going to make it because you don't know anyone kind of powerful but the power of social media is that if you do something exciting or if you're doing something new you can get recognition oh exactly like I agree with everything you say because do you know the thing as well like music's just totally changed in the last like 10 probably like 15 years and yeah. it's all about social media now definitely it's all kind of about the the social media presence definitely which even, can be a bit yeah. hard because there's a bit of a pressure kind of to keep up with a social media presence and then that makes it even if 
it's just like a hobby it makes it feel kind of more like a job or more like an obligation so I suppose there's kind of good and bad things about it but yeah because that's what I was going to ask because see when you upload your music Mm -hmm. um to whether it be Instagram or YouTube like do you feel that pressure yourself that or having maybe uploaded a song in a week, I better get one. Are you kind of more, you just kind of go with the flow. If you've got like a song you've been working on, you just put it on when you want to, or or do you feel pressured? Um, It's something that I definitely kind of have been struggling with specifically during the pandemic, because all I've really been able to do is be posting online. So I start to think, oh my God, I need to post all the time or else like you know everyone's gonna unfollow me or unsubscribe or whatever so there definitely is a bit of pressure that you put on yourself Mm. to do it but um it's been a lot harder kind of to find motivation especially um when we're all locked down and when you feel like you're just looking at the engagement and thinking oh why is this one not got as much likes as that one stuff like that like it can be a bit kind of disheartening it can be quite difficult to to do it um so I've been trying definitely like to not put that pressure on myself and just do what I want to do because at the end of the day I don't really owe anyone anything like it's it's for my own pleasure it's from it's what I want to do so I shouldn't really be pressuring myself to do what other people want yeah exactly like just what you said like it's for your terms if if that's a good way of putting it maybe not but as you said it's it's for you it's not for anybody else yeah like if it, if it was a job if it was like a a career maybe it would be different and um you would be able to kind of schedule it differently but it's a hobby and I feel like it should stay a hobby it should stay enjoyable there's no point in making myself not like it or not like what I'm doing or worse putting out content that I'm not happy with just for the sake of putting out content yeah exactly because you know it's like yourself because like sometimes I think as well especially with the pandemic and being locked down for like nearly a year and a half now I know things are kind of starting to open back up again but like the inspiration for lyrics I think it's a pure struggle because you know you're so used to doing activities or whatever and kind of living and you know this massive thing that's happened to the world like everybody's going through it as well and you do kind of think sometimes you're like what I write about because you don't really want to write about COVID because you're loving it you know what I mean I know okay I feel that with like a lot of TV shows that are like oh we're making a TV show about COVID or we're making a movie about COVID I'm like mm-hmm. I've had enough of COVID I've been living it for yeah. a year I don't want to have to hear about it or think about it any more than I absolutely have to yeah because I think sadly I think we're going to have like COVID inspired movies and Oh, definitely. Um, TV shows for the next like five years. <laughs> oh my goodness, no way. Probably. We've only just kind of started coming out of it. We don't need to be reminded of it every two minutes. Oh, I know. But see, as well, just to kind of like go back to like the social media side, do you not think it's amazing how much you can discover, especially on Instagram, with the power of a hashtag with new like music and other musicians? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I. I only started my music Instagram in like October so I always just kind of posted on my personal social media sites before and I never wanted to kind of promote it too much in case all of the people that follow me from like school or whatever 
Mm. We're like, oh, who does she think she is? Like, hashtag famous, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) So I always had a bit of like, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't. So I started my music Instagram just to keep it all separate and kind of keep it maybe a bit more professional um, in like October. And that's kind of when I've started using hashtags. And it's been so like powerful for finding other people, like connecting with other people. Like even without doing that, I would never have found you and found this podcast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Like I, I never would have thought that either. It's just amazing that literally just through like one hashtag or a couple that are like associated you know we we connected through music and now you're on here it's just amazing and I'm sure you've done that with like other musicians as well you've met other musicians through Instagram through the power of hashtag it's crazy yeah it's always good to find a hashtag that like hashtag cover or hashtag music that'll have millions of posts so that one's kind of never really a good one to to go through it's maybe a good one for more visibility but it's not really the best one for like finding people so a hashtag that has maybe only a couple of thousand posts you're more likely to find like people to actually connect with because it's easier to kind of go through the content on there rather than ones that are just totally saturated with like random stuff oh that's really good to know like I actually never thought about it that way it's just something that I'd kind of found when I was like like anytime I post a video and I put hashtags in it, I try to go through each of the hashtags that I've used and like look at some of the content on there and give some likes and maybe follow if there's people that I've liked. And um a lot a lot of ones that are like I don't know, hashtag cover, for example, um that has like millions and millions of posts and it refreshes constantly and there's constantly people posting under it. So you can't really engage with it the same way. But kind of smaller ones that have like less content, that's they're always a little bit more specific and a little bit more targeted. So it's kind of good to find ones like that. Like even just hashtag Scottish music, that'll mm-hmm. be a little bit more kind of targeted. Yeah, oh, that's so true as well. I think as well, it's just it's amazing how you can meet obviously like Scottish musicians like yourself and also like world musicians from across the world it's just amazing how instagram especially during this pandemic has connected so many talented people together yeah because it's kind of the the only way you can you can do things now is online yeah exactly and it probably will because i I would say that to another person like um i probably think you'll obviously you'll still get like your gigs and things but I, i still think there'll be a huge surge on online gigs and maybe outdoor gigs as well in the future because they have been so successful during this lockdown yeah and I hope so you know it would be good to get back to a bit more normality but there's definitely been so much good that's come out of like you're kind of forced to be a bit more creative I think online you're kind of forced to think a bit more about the content that you're producing Mm. and I think that that has had its positives as much as like the circumstances of it's not that positive Mm -hmm. it has had like a lot of benefits oh yeah for sure because I I feel like by the end of I don't know like when kind of COVID settles and that we'll all be like social media experts in excellent (laughs) content as well because we've had like a year and a half of it so like we're used to it and we'll be it will just be uh, like so in the know of it we'll be very knowledgeable about it (laughs) yeah 
I mean, I've put it on my CV, even just on the off chance. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a experienced social media manager. <laughs> and so I do quite, I do like pub gigs and stuff, you know, where you just kind of do like a three hour set and it's all kind of pop stuff, stuff that people like. But the best ones I've ever done, I've played at the Barrowlands in Glasgow a couple of times. Oh, cool. That's always amazing because obviously the Barrowlands is iconic. It's such an iconic Scottish you know, Glasgow music scene venue. Yeah. It was just like, that was when I, I, when I was 17, I played there. And it oh. was, it was amazing. That's so young. Wow. Like, tell us about that. Because that, that is, that's so young. That must have been like a, an amazing, like, boost for you, being 17 and parent, playing at the Battlelands. <laughs> well, it was, it wasn't like, it It wasn't like, you know, 17 year old Lily um, sold out gig like that was so not what it was like it was um it was through the the Clutha the Clutha bar in Glasgow they put on a gig and it was for like young people like um under 18s to to play so they did a big gig in the Barrowlands and it was like a group of like young people all kind of doing their music um so that was like that was a good experience it was um just one Saturday we all went up and like sold tickets and all of that and that was really exciting. And then through that, someone that was at that gig um, was putting on another gig at the Battlelands and they were looking for young people to support them. So they asked me to support their band, which is um, Colonel Mustard in the Dijon Five. Oh, I think I've heard of them. That's so cool. They, so they, they kind of do stuff like that, like um, supporting, they definitely do support kind of artists around the country, like give give kind of a platform to a lot of kind of different artists and a lot of voices so I was really really grateful for that opportunity so I went to their gig and they're amazing they're totally like off the wall like kind of like ska music I would say okay. I don't know, like loads it's a, it's a huge band there's loads of them there's like trumpets and saxophones and all of that going on and the crowds are always totally mental like it, it's they're they're like a really joyful band that's how I would describe them a really happy really joyful band so um the guy that like asked me to support them he was a big fan of one of the songs that I did which was um youth by the band daughter so I sang that at the at the gig with them and then it was just like it was it was a really weird experience but like a, a really good one a really fond memory I would say oh that's amazing and especially as well you can look back on that and you know being at quite a young age saying oh no I, I played at the Barrowlands well, yeah, that's kind of that is kind of it. It's one thing that I can just always say. It's like, oh yeah, I played at the Barrowlands. Like, it's a good experience. It's weird. It's definitely weird being up there because, you know, how many iconic acts have been up there, and you're like almost following in their footsteps. Being in like the backstage in the green in the green room, mm. I'm like, so many cool people have been here, and now I'm here. It's mad. It's a really crazy feeling. Well, you, you can say that you shared the stage with some iconic bands as well. Definitely. Well. And I do. I do say that. Yeah. Like, David Bowie's played there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, me and David. <laughs> me and my <laughs> friend, we've got that in common. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Have you ever played at the Grand Old Opry at all? No, I haven't, but I would actually, I would love that now that you say that. I just Have thought I would. There? Sorry? Have you played there? Oh no, no, I haven't. I don't think I've even ever been like even to see a concert or anything there. Like I've heard, it's like really good and it's some like amazing music that I have played there. Um, yeah, it seems like a really like fun 
kind of just a, a fun night like again like happy happy music everyone's just having a good time like that's what I was kind of looking forward to oh yeah definitely what about Kelsey Connections have you ever played there I haven't no I haven't I think that would be a cool place to play I know oh, just all the people like everyone everyone that plays at that is just I just think that that seems like it would be amazing yeah did you ever there was a film that came out like last year the year before it's called Wild Rose have you heard about that? Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it too. I thought that was just amazing. It's about um, a, just a Scottish country singer, and it made me really want to try country music because you don't really hear about about that sort of genre in Scotland. Yeah, that's true. Like I don't, I can't even name any Scottish country artists. I'm sure there are ones out there, but I can't think of any. You should definitely try country. That would be so cool. Well, I just like. It's one of those ones that you never really think about as like a a genre. And then I saw that film and I heard all of the sort of country songs in there. I was like, this is, this is fun. This is just fun music. Like, what's not to like? Exactly. Because it's kind of like folk music a wee bit. It's just got different kind of like vibes to it. Yeah, it's, I, would, I, I would say it's kind of similar roots in terms that, of like it being... It is kind of it's it's more like American American folk I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know I just I mean it would be a new challenge, wouldn't it? Maybe that'll be my next challenge after the pandemic is to take up country, country oh. singing. Oh, that would be so cool! I think you do really well with that. It would be a laugh anyway, no matter what. <laughs> it would be a fun challenge, I would say. Exactly, because sometimes you need to challenge yourself in music, don't you? And kind of get out your comfort zone. Oh yeah, that is actually, that is definitely kind of the biggest thing because it's so easy to just do what you know and do the same songs all the time. So trying something a bit different, it just keeps things interesting. Exactly, because I've set myself a challenge and I'm probably going to fail at it, but I'm going to try and um, sing in Gaelic. No way, that is such a good idea. But it's like... <laughs> like I'm not a native speaker. Like, are you a Gaelic speaker? No, not at all. I so wish that I was, but no, I don't know any Gaelic. Nerd, nerd. I'm literally like my dad kind of speaks a bit of it, so I'm I'm like pure pestering him, like Dad, how'd you say that? How'd you say this? Um, and things like that. So that's gonna be like my wee challenge. But I I, I would love to sing in Gaelic, but I would love to be fluent in it because I think the Gaelic language is such a beautiful language. Me too, and. It does make you feel so connected to your culture as well. And obviously, like, it is kind of a a language in decline, so it would be so good to kind of keep it going, I suppose. Like, that's why I really, really wish that I knew it and wish that we, like, learned it in school, I suppose. So oh. maybe I should give that a go as well and, like, learn a language while learning an instrument. You should, I think, yep, do that. Like, see, now you've got two challenges, your country oh challenge, <laughs> and you've got your Gaelic language, or French or Spanish, whatever language you want to learn. Easy days, I could do that, definitely. <laughs> there you go. All you have to do, like, for Gaelic is, I'm just listening to, like, loads of run rig. Oh, yeah. Because they always uh, sang in uh, Gaelic, so that's always a good place to start. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and it they do say that to learn a language like listening to the music is really helpful because it's like it like immerses you in it I suppose yeah um, the thing about Gaelic is that it's so different to kind of English like the the way it sounds and the the sort of grammar of it like it, it just is so different to English 
it is and see like the pronunciation as well because it's like because you're not like a speaker of it you don't want to like make a mess of it mm-hmm. and it's like because obviously there's a lot of speakers in Scotland that, that do still speak Gaelic and that but it's like you don't want to embarrass yourself as well because it's like I'm sorry but I'm trying I'm just not a native speaker oh yeah no oh but fun times so there we go at least we have challenges to look forward to during Covid and the pandemic it keeps things interesting definitely it does um... exactly because that's like a new boundary as well and it, that's like a completely new new step so there you go see we're challenging ourselves that's that's a good thing <laughs> I know maybe we'll inspire other people to to try something new. Exactly, because it's all just about positivity at the moment, isn't it? But just because times are so hard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So say just to go back to um playing, have you played at any festivals? Uh, yeah, I played at um Gig in the Goyle. Um, I think that's two summers ago now. Oh, cool. Uh- I always I forget how long ago things happened because last summer was just like a total write off in terms of things. So it doesn't feel like it was two years ago, but yeah, two years ago it was up in Loch Oilhead. Um, it was amazing. It was I mean it's a beautiful location up there, straight yeah. in, like the Scottish hills on a loch, you know. Yeah. No, it was it was good. It was good fun. Um, I also do um the town I'm from, uh, Beath, has a beer festival every summer. Um, so it's local music and lots and lots of beer and that is always <laughs> like that is so much fun every year it's so good oh that's amazing and it's just it's got like I've done that since the first year that it was on and it's just got kind of bigger and better every year and it's like always local musicians or Scottish musicians and Obviously, it's the town where I'm from, so I know everyone there. Like I know all of the, all of the everyone in the audience and all of that. Yeah. Oh, that's good as well, though, because then that is it's like a home gig, isn't it? Like like your home there as well. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Mm. I feel comfortable there. I'm never really nervous there. I always kind of. It's just a good time. Everyone's just happy. That's the main thing, isn't it? As long as. Like, you're passionate and you're having fun and everybody else is having fun as well. Exactly. And just to actually talk about, like, being on stage, do you ever get stage fright? Or are you quite chilled on the stage? Are you just kind of used to it now? Oh, no, I definitely do still get stage fright. Less mm. than I did when I was first starting. Um, The first gig I ever did, um, I cried at the sound check because I was like, there's literally no way I'm going to be able to just go and do this. But oh, then... Cool then I just did you know what I mean like mm. you just do it you don't really think about it you just kind of get on with it yeah because there must be like you'll get an adrenaline rush as well definitely I do I really I mean I really enjoy it I kind of even the nerves I enjoy that that side of it I, I like kind of the feeling of excitement almost like anxiety before you go on stage it is it is a it's a good feeling ultimately because is it not quite sad as well, like, because you've hyped yourself up for a gig and, like, you are, you're so nervous, but you're so excited. You know, you get to play, you get to sing, you get to be in front of people. And then it goes by so quickly and it's so sad that it's over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always, I always do feel that. I get kind of sad when it's done. But um, stage fright, like, I definitely 
did experience that a lot when I was younger. And the biggest thing that kind of helped me through it is the fact that things have went wrong and it's not the end of the world. It's never been the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like any time I've made a mistake or whatever, like when I was 15 and just starting, making a mistake on stage would have been the absolute worst thing ever. I would have thought I would just die instantly. But then you do make mistakes and nothing happens and people barely even notice. If they even do notice a lot of the times, like people that don't play instruments aren't going to know if you've made a mistake. Yeah. Then, mm. Yeah, I would just say that's kind of the biggest thing for kind of combat and stage fright is knowing things have went wrong and it's been fine. It doesn't matter if it goes wrong. Ex- exactly what you're saying. Because sometimes as well, like things go wrong on stage, but it's like it could be the sound system. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you are kind of working with outside forces that aren't your fault. Yeah. And yeah, I think as well, if you make a mistake, you ju- you just carry on because at the end of the day, like you've got the guts to go up there. Like many, you know, some people couldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really just carrying on, even if you make a mistake, just keeping going. Like if. I know that you, like, I've seen people that have been playing and they've made a mistake and then they just stop and they just, like, they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm just going to start again. The biggest thing for me is if I make a mistake, just keep going and then no one will notice, really, the mistake. But if you draw attention to it, then people will notice. Yeah. So just kind of carrying on, just getting getting past that is a really kind of, it is a big deal, definitely. That's so, that's so true as well, because it's a shame as well when you have some musicians that go on stage and they do make a mistake and it's put them off mm-hmm. for them going back on as well. Because at the end of the day, like, I always think any performance you've ever done, where it be busking, where it be playing to like two people or 4,000 people, you know what I mean? It's still an experience no matter what. And you can always say, oh, well, I've done that. Yeah, definitely. Because some people do go their entire lives not putting themselves out there and not taking the risk. Mm. And I know that I have, at least if it goes wrong, it goes wrong, but I've put myself out there and I've taken that leap. Exactly. And that's that's all you can do as well. And I think as well, you don't want to live with regret, do you? And, and thinking back, well, I could have done it, but I should have done it. Whereas yeah. I think sometimes as well, like, because I'm a really shy person and, like, I'm really not a confident person, but I just think whatever like I'm just going to do it I don't care I'm doing it for for me and I think that's like the best way to be as like we've said before as well you're better just doing it because if you don't try you'll never know exactly that is that just sums it all up doesn't it I think if you don't try you won't know yep exactly because have you uh, done any virtual gigs throughout the pandemic at all I did yeah actually Mm -hmm. um I did it was the the Be The Bear Festival was online this year because obviously that was back in August and um, it was when kind of restrictions were a bit lifted but obviously not enough for a full gig. So I went and they filmed me outside singing and playing and then that just like went into a compilation video online. Oh, that's so cool. Like it was, it was, we- it was weird. It was definitely weird because you kind of finish a song and then obviously there's no audience. There's no like applause or anything so it's a bit like okay moving on to the next one yeah because I was going to ask because like I think it's strange as well because obviously like you're not actually playing to people and you, you kind of in your head you have to like you're kind of pretending all there's people there to make it kind of real and things do you 
did you, I'm guessing like, you still enjoyed it in that like would you like what do you prefer like do you, do you like doing both the virtual and the gigs in real life I would say that I definitely prefer a gig in real life especially because like as we've said before if you make a mistake you just kind of get on with it but with virtual it's easy to be like no that's not the best I can do let's just try again let's just record it again um, and then that just kind of leads to that it's exhausting doing it like that and doing it over and over and like picking it apart mm-hmm. so I definitely and I prefer kind of audience sort of feedback like um, people like clapping or whatever singing along or seeing if they're like dancing it makes you feel like right okay like they do like this this is fine this is good we're all having a good time whereas just filming yourself it's a bit like you know you don't really know how it would be received yeah you definitely miss the audience interaction as well don't you definitely just like seeing people like singing along it just it make it puts you so much more at ease that you're doing something that people like and that people enjoy yeah because I mean I'm very grateful that we you know virtual gigs have been happening because it, it would have been horrible if they if there wasn't anything for musicians as well but definitely, like, the audience interaction, you miss it. I think as well it's quite daunting having to do it through Zoom because Zoom confuses me so much. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. It's been it's it's been an adjustment, definitely. Yeah. And good on, like, the organisers for these virtual gigs having to adapt to, to Zoom and setting up and things like that. And even to people that have never used it and hooking up a mic and things like that to their phone, like, that they've maybe not been used to, like that we're like doing all of the editing as well and putting it all together and making sure that everything went together well people organizing it people that were in touch with artists like getting them into to sing or whatever it just like it, it does make you think that there is so many people involved and so many people like trying to make it that are behind the scenes like I was doing kind of arguably the easiest job of the day Mm-hmm. And there's all these people out there in the background kind of doing all of the all of the hard stuff. Uh, it's amazing that, like, people do that because I wouldn't know the first thing about, like, sound editing or, you know what I mean, things like that. Like, I wouldn't know. So, like, it's amazing that there's so many people out there that do it. And as you say, like, there's so many people behind the scene that make it work and that have been making it work during the pandemic as well. Yeah, that are just kind of committed to just trying, just trying to make it work yeah well Lily we're just kind of coming to the end of this episode and it's been amazing to talk to you it's been so interesting as well um just a kind of couple of like kind of last things what's your future plans for your music for this year do you have any um I mean if the pandemic's taught us anything it's to just take each day as it comes sort of thing so I've not really been planning that much for me music is always a hobby for me it's never something it's not it's not my career it's not my full-time sort of aspiration it's something that I do because I enjoy it and because I want to keep enjoying it Mm -hmm. so I'm probably going to continue making videos posting them on YouTube or my Instagram or whatever and just doing what I want to do that's kind of as long as I'm still doing what I want to do by the end of this year then it will have been a successful year I would say Oh, that's good. And as well, um, like no matter what, as long you know, as you said, like you're making the time for the music and you're still doing your passion and you're enjoying it, which is the main thing. I always think with music. Yeah, definitely. I think that 
you know, I'm very lucky to be able to, to be able to do it, to be able to have this that I enjoy and to have a platform to, to post it on and to even to be here talking about it. Like I've really enjoyed just being able to sort of share my thoughts a little bit. Yeah. Oh, please come back on in the future. Yeah. Maybe when gigs have started opening again, you know, we'll have a bit more to talk about in that sense. That would be great. Yeah, let's do that. And also we'll have to update our listeners on our music challenge as well. Oh my goodness, yeah. Oh, well that's putting pressure on me to actually do it. (laughs) Oh no, there's no pressure, just like whenever. But definitely um, if gigs uh, open back up soon, we should definitely do an episode on that. That would be so cool. An update, that would be great. I would really enjoy that. Yeah, we should do that. So just the kind of last thing, like, do you have any advice for other musicians that are maybe like starting to play music or they're thinking about maybe uploading things onto youtube or instagram or thinking about when gigging comes back you know normality Mm -hmm. kind of comes back and they're wanting to do gigs but they're maybe like just too nervous like do you have any maybe advice for them yeah yeah i would say that my biggest piece of advice is just do it don't Mm -hmm. worry about what other people think don't think oh no people are going to make fun of me for this because I definitely had that worry when I was a teenager I thought oh everyone's going to think that I think that I'm famous or I I think I'm better than everyone else like I was really worried that people would think that I was like I don't know being pretentious or whatever and then no one thinks that and the people that do think that if they exist it doesn't matter what other people think like you just need to push through that worry of what other people are gonna say and just do it because at the end of the day most of the time it's your own head it's your own thoughts that are the worst enemy Mm -hmm. so just not worrying about what other people think and just doing what makes you happy and just pushing through the fear and then once you've done it one time it becomes easier to do it all the rest of the times as well I would say definitely oh that's so true and as well like I totally agree with you and I think it is birds like don't think twice just do it <laughs> just I don't just just get on with it just click upload even like it's easier to put yourself out there on social media these days than it ever has been before so just record the video just post it and then put your phone on do not disturb for a, <laughs> for a while until you can bear to look at it again yeah because it is as well like it's a bit of an adrenaline rush as well even posting a song onto Instagram as well so there is a buzz to it yeah yeah and like I do look back at some of the things that I posted like some of the covers that I posted for example when I was about 16 and I was like oh that's that doesn't sound very good but I I did it and I posted it and that kind of gave me the the starting point to improve myself and to work on myself and to get better and the motivation to improve and to make better videos and sometimes I think I've not improved at all until I look back at what I posted when I was just starting and thinking I've developed so much as a musician and I've changed so much as like my style even has just changed so much yeah exactly because as well like you can look back and think well I started there and now look where I am now yeah exactly as well well Lily thank you so much Have come over me in these last few.
singing old songs that make me think better where I came from and the cities why I seem so far away today let me tell you that I love you and I think about you all the time Caledonia you're calling me should become a stranger know that it would make me more than side caledonia you're the best friend i've ever had i've moved and i've kept on moving proved the points that i needed proven and i've lost the friends that needed losing find others on And I've left them crying Stolen dreams, yeah, there's no denying And I've traveled far With coattails flying Somewhere in the wind Let me tell you that I love you And I think about you all the time Caledonia, you're calling me become a stranger know that it would make me more than sad Caledonia you're the best friend I've ever had now I'm sitting here beneath the fire empty room and the forest choir flames that couldn't get much higher they've weathered and And the kisses flow Ever have.